0: Inherently Happy, episode 55, Happy Awareness. I like asparagus, artichoke, and clam chowder. Wait, no, I don't. I used to eat asparagus, artichoke, and clam chowder, but I never really liked them. I didn't hate them either, so I just kind of slogged through. Until it occurred to me that I don't actually have to eat or do the things I don't much like. Seems obvious, but at the time, since they didn't meet the threshold of things I hated, I just kept them on the menu, as it were, along with pea soup, beets, and fruitcake. I didn't look forward to such dishes, mind you, but I ate them anyway. I mean, maybe they were acquired tastes, and I just wasn't trying hard enough. Or maybe I hadn't had good examples of any of them. I ate spicy foods, too, as long as I had plenty of milk. I even ate liver and onions when it was served to me. I should have a well-rounded palate and appreciate what I have, right? I mean, as a kid, I had a nervous stomach and could barely eat anything, and so once I outgrew that, I should eat everything, shouldn't I? But why? If, If I didn't love it, then why eat it? because it's good for me. I learned that I could choose more of what I preferred to eat while still keeping an eye on nutrition. Spicy foods were the first to go. I liked the taste of curry, but once I burned my tongue, I could no longer taste anything. So I stuck to the milder ones. I stopped eating split pea soup, beets, asparagus, fruitcake, Limburger cheese, and anything with clams. I might still do a pickled artichoke hearts in a salad or like artichoke in a dip with some cheese or something, but just as likely not. I started to eat and behave with a greater mindful, obviously, sense of self-awareness. A balance between what I wanted and what I already had and how I felt about both. Then I started to apply that to other things. My signature, for example. I had always thought that signatures were meant to be written in cursive. My dad had a very consistent and clear script, and yet my mom printed her signature in round even letters, just like the rest of her writing. I tried to be like dad, but my cursive was suboptimal. It was a struggle, but I I was stuck, wasn't I? Turns out, nope. One day, as I was about to sign a check, I decided to do what I preferred rather than what others expected. And so signed it with a fast print version of my name instead of the slow and feeble cursive I made with my tongue stuck out. I made the change and you know what? Nobody said a word, which is somewhat alarming given that I could have been the world's worst forger and yet still got away with it. It became a comfortable thing to write my name quickly when I signed things. The stress was gone and nobody minded. I started applying this happy awareness to other aspects of my life, like my social relationships. Were all my so-called friends, people I actually liked? Were they happy? I knew what it was like to have no friends. And so I was maybe a little bit more willing to put up with bad behavior But when I actually asked myself if I considered these people, my friends, I sometimes realized that they did not behave in very friendly ways towards me. Still, depending on how close I had become to them, and you can be close to someone without actually liking them, it turns out, it still took time to extricate my life from theirs. But I started doing it anyway. Why let others drain you? If they were mean to me, or to my friends, or to other people, then I would try to explain why that's not maybe the best tactic of winning people over, which was clearly never their primary intent. If they listened to me and appreciated my concern and tried to improve, great. Some of them did, and I'm still friends with them. If, however, they still didn't give a shit about anyone else but themselves, then I would let them know how much I prefer spending time with people who actually like me and like other people. Not all other people. You don't have to be a pushover, and you don't have to like every jerk that comes along, clearly, as I'm illustrating. But just don't hate everybody for everything all the time. If this didn't phase them either, then I would cease initiating communiques. Eventually, I would also cease returning them. They knew my stance and were free to choose their responses. I knew this one guy. I won't call him a friend, which is now a term I only reserve for those deserving of the title, but this one dude was a brilliant bastard with no self-awareness. He was unbelievably smart, but aggressively antisocial and completely self-loathing and hypocritical. And yet, even he helped me. Not enough to put up with his venomous bile any longer, but enough to make an object lesson out of him years later. About how you can still learn a lesson, even from people who aren't your friends. We were both film buffs. But whenever I would tell him about a movie I saw, going into the details of the acting, the look, the tone, and all the nitty gritty stuff that film buffs love, he would interrupt me very rudely, of course, he was a dick after all, and ask me if I actually liked the movie. Like, he didn't care about what I had to say, except for that. I was getting to it, but clearly I was meandering too much for him. I wasn't reading the room. I wasn't exhibiting the awareness I am now touting. So even he helped me gain some more towards happy awareness. And while I'm grateful, he was still a fucking jerk about it. And I can now say that I didn't fucking like him very much. Ha ha. Yehousa.